You are listening to Generation Justice. This is a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Emilio Boale. And I'm Sunandita Santanam. Welcome to Generation Justice. We'd like to remind you that this program broadcasts from the rightful lands of the Tiwa people. Culturally receptive and informed healthcare is just one way that community organizations are implementing equity into their work. Tonight, we hear from the Comadre Comadre program, who share wisdom, services, and is working in addressing cancer diagnosis within Hispanic and Latinx communities. On May 11th, the public health emergency for COVID-19 was announced over. What does this mean for the global deadly and disabling pandemic and the health of our communities? Tonight, we bring you our vaccine equity segment to help keep you and your community safe during this transition and remind you of COVID mitigation strategies and practices. We hear from GJ intern Madhumita Santanam about her inspiring dance journey. And bring to you our community calendar so that you can stay civically engaged and involved. It's all coming up, so stay tuned. We bring you the song Mujeres by Julieta Venegas to start our night off. Providing equitable access to resources and specialized healthcare for all is incredibly important. Tonight, we talk about the Comadre a Comadre program of the University of New Mexico. This is a program founded by six Hispanic Latina breast cancer survivors and their loved ones. The program works to provide culturally sensitive psychosocial support and provide information about cancer diagnoses. The Comadre program of the Comadre a Comadre program is a holistic program that embodies strong Hispanic Latino cultural coping practices. We speak with Dr. Elba Saavedra Ferrer, director of the Comadre program, and Patricia de Corona Ortega, their peer patient navigator. They share with us their mission, their work, as well as the services and resources they provide to make cancer diagnosis information available so that you and your loved ones can be informed. Here is Madhumita Santanam speaking with Dr. Alba Saavedra Ferrer and Patricia de Corona Ortega. This is Madhumita Santanam with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with Dr. Alba Saavedra Ferrer, director of the Comadre a Comadre program at UNM, and their peer patient navigator, Patricia de Corona Ortega. Comadre a Comadre is a holistic program of breast cancer care for Hispanic and Latina women involving peer patient navigators, prayer, and family support, all centered around Hispanic and Latino cultural coping practices and a close female kinship with survivors. Dr. Saavedra and Patricia de Corona Ortega, welcome to Generation Justice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Of course, we're happy to be speaking with you both. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourselves? Um, we'll start with Dr. Saavedra. So my, my background is I uh, was born in, in Aguadilla, Puerto Rico, and I came to this country very much like uh, immigrant experience. Uh, my father, my mother brought us to New York, and uh, a lot of it was because we were experiencing so much uh, hardship in our island. Uh, but um, a lot of the values uh, and the strength and the focus was uh, in an education. So I um, am a alumni of the University of New Mexico. I have my master's and my PhD in uh, community health, which I love. I love this profession. 
and that's led me to a lot of the work that I do. And my background, um, as I was uh, as a young 17-year-old in New York doing a lot of activism and involved in lots of engaging in community, uh, also led a lot of my uh, my path in, in wanting to make change, right? Wanting to see change, uh, not just talking about what needs to be done, but how do we do that? How do we bring everybody together? And so I, I love that I went through that experience. And um, and every day, I think, well, that, that was my a lot of my um, early education. So I am a faculty at, uh, at UNM. Uh, I've been involved in teaching in the community health education program through health exercise and sports science. And then now I'm doing more of the research and engaging uh, a lot more with our program in the community and other grants. And so I write, I write a lot of grants uh, to support our program and other activities. Um, Patricia, would you like to share a little bit more about yourself? I think, claro. Eh, mi nombre es Patricia Corona de Ortega. Eh, soy originaria de Chihuahua, México. Muy grande nuestra comunidad hispana aquí. Soy de Chihuahua. Este, soy casada. Eh, tengo tres hijos. Y como muchas mujeres eh, o familias, emigré eh, aquí a los Estados Unidos en busca de una mejor vida y una mejor oportunidad para nuestros hijos. Llegué aquí, ya tengo más de 25 años, este, tratando de colocarme, encontrar oportunidades, ¿verdad? Tristemente o por destino de la vida, cuando mis hijos estaban pequeños, este, tuve un diagnóstico y eso cambió mi vida. Y eso fue lo que me movió a, a diferentes eh, a situaciones aquí en este país y en este programa ahora de Comadre a Comadre. Pero eh, terminé mi educación eh, en Chihuahua y estoy tratando de, de seguir avanzando en este país y lograr más y más para poder llegar más a mi comunidad y tratar de servir más. Gracias, Patricia. Can you share a little bit more about the Comadre a Comadre program and your mission? Thank you. Um, yes, our Comadre program um, was co-founded or co-created, I'm saying, with breast cancer survivors here locally in um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And as you read beautifully the mission, that really those ideas uh, were rooted from breast cancer survivors just like Patricia, of culture and the importance of support, uh, the cultural values that are protective factors like the spirituality, the prayer, the extended family, the comadrismo, the name comadre. And then comadre, comadre, right? Woman to woman, individual to individual, friend to friend, um, support to support. Uh, that led to us submitting a grant to the Susan G. Coleman. They funded us for, uh, I believe it was $250,000 and we were able to then apply a formative evaluation to the program. So basically we took those ideas and did focus groups uh, with, uh, uh, individual cancer survivors, family members, caregivers, and that helped to generate um, even solidify, right, understanding of what um, what later became the design and the intervention, as we say, the program. Uh, and those principles, uh, you know, having the comadre being a breast cancer survivor till this day, our implementers, so for example, our navigators like Patricia, 
uh, is a breast cancer survivor. Our peer educators are breast cancer survivors. Um, the support staff of our program are not, but and I'm not a breast cancer survivor, but of course, a lot of my interest and my work has been in this area for over 20 years now. That led um, the program, the practice of the program being one where everybody was involved in giving feedback and revising measures. We, we have had an evaluation component of the program, a research component, or evaluate, evaluate, evaluate everything in the program, including our classes that we do and the outreach that we do. Uh, so the survivors or the families are involved and have been involved in that. And our advisory council has been with us since about 2012, 2013. Um, and those are members of the community. Some are survivors. They're made up of, again, uh, those that are very familiar with our community. They've been amazing. Uh, a component to our program and, and guiding us, supporting us. And then, of course, our volunteers uh, who also have been very supportive. We've received interns uh, to intern, do their internships with Comadre. And so it's been wonderful right, to see our students. We have two mm -hmm. students this semester, uh, Jasmine Gonzalez and Shadani. Bruce, who uh, Shadani is graduating and uh, Jasmine is in her first semester internship. And we have had uh, wonderful students over the years, Megan Dallin, and who is the professor for the Community Health Education Field Experience Program. To sum up our components, is really uh, rooted in, in, in navigation, uh, providing uh, patient navigation being able to provide a support group. Uh, we have a support group monthly that Patricia okay. facilitates for our diagnosed individuals, um, women, and um, it is there right now on virtual, but uh, in person and virtual, but it is a Spanish speaking uh, primarily right now, but we do have the ability to do English and Spanish, but it's just a lot of the, the individuals now are Spanish speaking. Um, we also do our community outreach and those are our breast health platicas. Uh, that are uh, spanned across partners in the faith-based community, uh, businesses, our UNM uh, right here in our backyard. We do work with our departments here, so we engage with our physical plants, our housekeeping department. We reach out to medical institutions like Loveless and Pals. They've been an amazing partner, uh, Loveless Women's Hospital, where we've held classes with um, uh, their cafeteria and housekeeping as well, but also even in receiving referrals from the Women's Hospital for uh, Intrap program. Um, and then we work with our uh, in the screening navigation with our funders through the Department of Health. Uh, we are also engaging with a lot of partners in the clinic. So Casa de Salud, First Choice Community Healthcare, UNMH, um, and um, um, again, our cancer centers, and, and also more especially with our diagnosis, the UNM Comprehensive Cancer Center, that we have an amazing uh, partnership. And in fact, our program, I call it birthed at the UNM Comprehensive, Comprehensive Cancer Center when it was first uh, implemented. So we do, even though we're housed under the University of New Mexico, and we're so grateful to our College of Education and Human Sciences, uh, which is our uh, college that oversees and we are housed under a lot of our work as as you could hear is very very community community uh, based and, and rooted. También tenemos clases educativas con las mujeres diagnosticadas eh, 
Cuando tenemos nuestros grupos de apoyo, eh, también tenemos clases educativas muy importantes para nosotras, como nutrición, ejercicio, sobrevivencia, eh, muchas, muchas cosas así. Bien, consejerías eh, emocional, y eso es importante para nosotras como sobrevivientes para ir en ese tiempo aprendiendo cada vez más. Thank you so much for sharing about your work, your mission, and some of the principal components. Patricia, what are some of the resources that you offer at Comadria Comadre? Cuando las mujeres son diagnosticadas, este, ellas, eh, primero se les ofrece, eh, si quieren ser miembro del grupo de Comadre Comadre, eh, ellas vienen con nosotros y eh, hacemos un consentimiento con ellas, ¿verdad? Eh, eh, les apoyamos primeramente eh, les ofrecemos acompañarlas a sus citas muchas mujeres no tienen que las acompañen y de cualquier manera vamos con ellas a sus citas con las más importantes principalmente verdad citas con su oncólogo eh, tomar notas porque cuando vamos a nuestra cita eh, la paciente olvida todo lo que se le dice eh, está en una situación emocional difícil y, y olvida todo entonces, tomamos notas, las acompañamos, les recordamos sus citas, eh, les ayudamos si son, necesitan eh, traductor, estar seguras que tienen un traductor. Si van a tener citas para algunos exámenes, nosotros ayudamos para que eh, está recordando, buscando para que esas citas se programen lo, lo más pronto necesario para continuar con sus ex chequeos o exámenes. También les proporcionamos tarjetas de gasolina para que ellas puedan ir a sus citas a sus, recibir sus tratamientos este, porque las mujeres generalmente eh, reciben tratamientos ya sea de quimioterapia o radiación que son todos los días y es difícil cumplir con los gastos o con la ayuda financiera para cumplir en esas citas y les damos apoyo también con, con esas tarjetas para que puedan cumplir con esas citas. Tenemos nuestro grupo de apoyo que nos reunimos como mencionaba la doctora cada vez una vez al mes y tenemos esas clases educativas sobre tratamientos y las mujeres que están en tratamiento o las que ya han sobrevivido. Tenemos mujeres de todas las edades que han pasado muchos años o que son recientemente diagnosticadas. Y el compartir unas con otras ayuda emocionalmente a entender ese proceso, ese camino. También ofrecemos apoyo para las familias. Tenemos clases educativas para la familia para entender y comprender un poquito más este este proceso, cómo apoyar a su, a, a su ser querido. Um, ¿Qué más, doctora? So we have speakers that come monthly. Uh, they are wonderful. They do that as a community service volunteer. And uh, this is what Patricia was referring to in terms of the education. So that's the group education. But then Patricia does a lot of one-on-one -on -one education. So we do the one-on-one -on -one with the individuals that are going for screening appointments. So before they get there, they go to their uh, medical appointment for screening mammogram or pap test, they will then uh, get a one-on-one -on -one session with Patisa over what is breast cancer, what is cervical cancer, what are the risk factors, everything that has to do with preparing them for that, um, that appointment in terms of education and awareness of the early detection of breast cancer and the importance, right? With cervical cancer screening and then when they're diagnosed then also we do an education about breast cancer we provide um, the family and the individual that's diagnosed with educational packets we call them educational materials packets 
Um, and there's uh, for the breast cancer is a pink packet and the family's yellow. We include everything that has to do with prevention um, and uh, screening, not just breast and cervical, we do colorectal, other, other information, health around heart health and um, that, that could be relevant for both the family as well as the individual who's diagnosed with breast cancer. También eh, cuando la mujer es diagnosticada este, y que no tienen aseguranza médica, right. estamos seguros de que ellas sean colocadas en la ayuda que necesitan, ayuda financiera, para que puedan eh, cumplir y recibir esta ayuda en el centro de cáncer. Right. También que se coloquen en los eh, programas como Anita Salas para que reciban ayuda con sus medicamentos, eh, sus situaciones eh, con la linfodima, como mangas, prótesis, pelucas, eh, todas esas cosas. Eh, también que el, el centro de cáncer también tiene ayudas de tarjetas de gasolina para que los pacientes reciban sus tratamientos, ayuda con tarjetas de alimentos, también tienen ayuda de transportación y nos aseguramos de que la paciente tenga esa información y que eh, reciba esa ayuda por medio del centro de cáncer. Eh, también muchas veces las pacientes están teniendo síntomas o efectos ellas se comunican con nosotros y nosotros tratamos de que ellas reciban la ayuda de una llamada de la enfermera o que se le consiga una cita antes con su oncólogo si es necesario. Eh, todas esas situaciones que la paciente nos reporta, nosotros estamos en contacto con el, el Centro de Cáncer de Nuevo México para que, de UNM, para que ellas eh, reciban esa, ese apoyo. Y, y quiero añadir, I wanted to add that it's really important what Patricia mentioned about the support Um, because oftentimes, and the financial, and you, your question was wonderful about resources, because one of the things that we find in working with um, our Hispanic Latinx is that there is such a, in, in, in some groups more than others, uh, there's an uninsured uh, population. One of the first things that is, you know, most worrisome is how I just got diagnosed. What am I going to do? How am I going to pay for this? Um, so Comadre, what Comadre does is, and this is the role of navigation, um, is really connected, right? Ensuring that that individual is um, given the resources and connected with the appropriate resources. But the navigation piece for Comadre started early on, and it is um, modeled after Dr. Harold Freeman, who just is the guru, the pioneer in cancer patient navigation. Um, and we see it in other uh, other cancer programs. For example, UNM Comprehensive Cancer Center has its own navigation through nursing oncology navigation. But our program is a little unique in that we are not medical. We are our intervention is really focused on a community-based uh, navigation. The idea is um, we work with promotoras as well from other community agencies. Uh, for example, Patricia may have an individual, and this has happened a lot, where they have other they need they have other needs, other resources that they they need to obtain, not just cancer services. And so that's where mm -hmm. then she reaches out to the community health workers promotoras that may be at a particular clinic or an agency to see how we can um, get that individual referred. So it, it's a it's a, a real important thing to, uh, when you mentioned resources, so key, right? Because we focus on not education, navigation, but the resources is a lot of times what our community and other communities are short in understanding, knowing, connecting, as, as we said, right? We can be right here, but um, we're not aware of what's out there that can help. Thank you both for sharing 
about some of the resources and uh, services that you offer. Uh, Dr. Savetra, could you tell us about the vaccine equity work that Comadre a Comadre has been doing through the Better Together Initiative? So we, we are so honored to have received and uh, delighted to have received uh, the Better Together grant uh, on enhancing vaccine efforts. Uh, our coalition work, uh, so we uh, performed uh, the New Mexico Coalition to Enhance uh, Vaccine Equity among Hispanic Latinx. The coalition meets every month. Uh, we are able to bring uh, organizations, promotoras, to come together, representatives from other agencies, the Department of Health, to uh, give us feedback, report on the work that they're doing. So one of the things that when we developed this coalition and got feedback from even other promotoras in the community was, you know, we needed a forum, we needed a place that um, we're not just talking about the, you know, um, epidemiological or reporting on vaccines, but the how, right? How do we, you know, how do we do this uh, in a way? How do we develop, um, you know, a flyer, you know, that's representative of what 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 we wanted to achieve and really the nuts and bolts. Well, for organizations uh, who work specifically right, with the Hispanic Latinx, that meant that these were a lot of community organizations that needed that time, that place, that platform to talk about that. So, for example, we began to review messaging of how the COVID vaccine was being presented. Uh, we reviewed different uh, websites that the Department of Health would give us. Uh, we, I myself became engaged in our other equity efforts so that I could get more information, bring it back to that coalition. So the coalition has even enhanced further through this funding. We're now able to maintain, um, we think it's very important to have the promotoras be involved. So being able to, and community, other community members, uh, they may not be working in particular with a or hired employed by an organization, but nevertheless, their experience is invaluable. And so we want to compensate that. So even for that, having gas cards or, or Walmart cards, you know, gift cards, it's never going to, you know, be representative of, of giving, you know, appreciating what somebody's ideas, but it's something, right, that we can do that. So that's, you know, that's one of the things. And then more recently, as we've just been enacting a lot of our activities and moving quickly, we are now supporting uh, those organizations that come to the coalition. We talk about those events that are coming up, vaccine efforts, and those organizations that can and are implementing actual events and coordinating them, then what Comadre has done is in our grant, we put in uh, ways to support them. So we put in, gas cards uh, for the vaccine, uh, those that get vaccinated at that day of the event. We, are, we were able to access over 800 something test kits and wonderfully from the Department of Health. We distributed those out to the Consulado, but in, uh, as part of the Mexican Council, as part of our coalition. We have partnered with Mogro and we just love Mogro. And it's a shout out to Shelby, Caroline. And today we had one of the, um, uh, come and, and pick up crates because we've been just ramping up delivering these incredible fresh fruit, uh, food, uh, produce that Mogro pulls from uh, the local farmers and we're able to then deliver, have those bags. And so one of the things that the coalition did was uh, developed a beautiful saying that 
So it says, for los tuyos y los míos, yo me vacuné. For yours and for mine, I have vaccinated. So that came from the coalition. Get vaccinated, like even our t-shirt says so beautifully. But if they have questions and there's not a place, right, for them to ask those questions, and this is where the platica uh, becomes so important that way we deliver our classes is that we leave a space in that class, right? It's an hour, 15 minutes for our breast and cervical, but we may probably keep it at an hour, an hour, 15 for the COVID. But we allowing a space in that class for people to say, hey, you know, uh, to, to ask the question, why, why, why are we challenged getting vaccinated? What would help us get vaccinated? And then we are hearing from the very ones that attend the class about what are those barriers? What are those detriments? You know, what is keeping them? What are those, you know, thoughts that, uh, or beliefs that we can engage and talk? So now we're also getting getting uh, that feedback. And then the other thing in the COVID platica curriculum development that we spoke about is allowing for mental health, a space for the attendees to uh, share, right? What has this meant for them? How have they experienced COVID? Did they have a loss? What was that like? Uh, how, you know, we know so many people, right? Got sick multiple times, have gotten COVID. Uh, did they get the vaccinated? Did they not? Why not? You know, that conversation, but especially about the loss. And then being able to have resources uh, included in that curriculum that will get folks involved and connected with mental health, as well as uh, good sources if they want to get vaccinated. So that's a big uh, one of our objectives. Uh, objective number one actually is our educational COVID classes. The other thing is the screening navigation. One of the things that happened with COVID pandemic is that because of the shutdown and because we were in you know emergency mode, uh, I mean by the state, the country, you know screening was came to a halt, right? And for cancer, that meant that. Uh, people were not getting right screened for mammography, you know, for breast cancer, cancer uh, cervical in our case. So one of the things in general and due to is that we've seen an increase in uh, uh, diagnosis of cancer. So part of this incredible Better Together brand is, is just we are so delighted that it allowed us to include an objective of something we know very well to do, right, which is to navigate uh, individuals for screening. And so this is another, uh, our second objective, the Better Together is allowing us to be able to navigate anyone from those classes to cancer screening. And even if that's colorectal or anything, we're going to have those referrals so that they can get to those appointments. And especially if they're mammograms or pap tests, we're going to navigate them and, and, and make sure that those appointments, uh, uh, we schedule them and then and they get navigated. Um, and so we're planning that now together with this curriculum because they go together. The classes, um, every time a person, people attend the classes, they get a chance to make a request to get navigated for an appointment. So it's a very on the spot, you know, decision they make. So we're hoping by the way we raise the awareness that we're able to cue them into action so that by the end of the class, they either want to get resources for where can I get vaccinated? Is there an event coming up? Or also, if uh, yeah, you know, I haven't had a screening in, in you know all this time. I don't even know how how far out I am in getting a doctor, you know, to see me, etc. So we're able to take care of our community in that way. Um, and then the other part of it is our marketing. 
We are wanting to, uh, we already enacted our telephone. Uh, we're able to promote uh, flyers and education, but also using social media so that people can find us, access us. If they want to either want to be part of a class or want to know which class is coming up, then they can call and we can give them that information. We can get a calendar out posted in our own website. Um, and we just hired a wonderful uh, communication students from UNM that is going to be handling all that. Thank you for sharing about your amazing vaccine equity work. And speaking of vaccine equity, can you share with us why it is important for Comadre a Comadre to focus on vaccine equity in New Mexico? Sure. It's very important as a program that interacts and, 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 and is on every level involved in community. We have our promotoras, our navigators. Uh, we are fully bilingual, bicultural program. We uh, all of the work that we do is in Spanish and English, our materials, everything we access, um, very much connected to, as I mentioned, to the Consulado. Our partnership is over, you know, most of the partners that I mentioned is over a 10, 15 year partnership um, to be able to move along with our own community and what they're experiencing to enhance their access to COVID, to vaccine, to enhance a better, increase their knowledge. Um, you know, Comadre, it, I think it's just a responsibility that we have to be able to engage in that way. It's um, something that uh, with, you know, the pandemic in general, as we all know, uh, hit very hard our community and other communities. Um, we have, uh, as we know, in the work that we do, a lot of social determinants of health issues and factors that, um, uh, you know, from culture, language to, you know, uh, proper, you know, health conditions, experiencing um, discrimination, racism um, for those for communities that uh, have difficult time accessing resources in general. And what COVID did is, um, you know, really, I think it shined uh, a light on the, on the things that uh, many of us who worked in community for years know and that is that you have to work with community, you have to involve community, you know, um, developing, right, the solutions and being able to be um, delivering that and also um, be able to make it possible and feasible. So, for example, you know, one of the things I was struck by um, when they brought the vaccines to in New York to the seniors, and I thought they brought the vaccines to the seniors, you know, it's like, you know, for a lot of us, when we talk about distance and in, in, in travel in New Mexico, we're always saying we have to think outside the box. We have to make things feasible for people to access services, right? And so there are those structural uh, barriers that people experience and that um, it makes it difficult for them to access. So being able to pave the way by applying some of the knowledge that we know through Comadre, to our COVID, uh, to enhance the COVID vaccine, uh, to keep our back, our community healthy, improve that, um, and be a facilitator. Right, we're we're connecting and facilitating, enhancing that knowledge, enhancing resources uh, for the very community that we're also trying to keep healthy and get screened for cancer and you know all the other things. So yeah. Thank you so much for sharing about vaccine equity and the importance of vaccine equity in our state. 
Um, Patricia, could you remind us where people can find more information about Comadre a Comadre? Eh, nosotros estamos eh, dentro del colegio de la universidad. El teléfono de nuestra oficina es el 505-277-2398. Nos pueden llamar. Eh, si por algún motivo no podemos contestar en ese momento la llamada, nos dejan un mensaje con su información muy importante, su nombre y su número de teléfono, y nosotros regresamos la llamada eh, lo más pronto posible. Thank you. Is there anything else that you would both like to add before we end today? I think um, one of the things that I would like to add is just our uh, gratitude. Uh, and for me, I mentioned honor and working with Patricia, but I think our gratitude and appreciation for the trust right, that the community has, um, the trust that um, when individuals do call us and they give us information and they share is, sorry. Es, es bien importante para nosotros encontrar a ese ser especial con el que haces clic y con el que puedes hablar sobre esto. Eh, es difícil expresarlo a la familia, es difícil expresarlo a la comunidad. Pero encontrar a alguien que habla tu propio idioma, que entiende tus miedos, que es difícil, que se vale eh, pasar por estas emociones y tener la misma esperanza de que como otro, otro compañero, otro sobreviviente, pudo salir de adelante, tener la esperanza de que yo también lo voy a poder hacer. Thank you, Patricia. I, I, it's very emotional for me. It's very personal because um, as we've talked a lot in our community, it's very hard to open up about the fear about cancer and, um, and even just last night right when we met doctoras, um, an incredible group of individuals but they're sharing their story about what they go through and what they went through when they were diagnosed with cervical cancer and i mean um, not diagnosed with cervical cancer sorry they, when they had an abnormal um for cervical cancer um, screening and uh, how they felt uh, emotionally and uh, the stigma of what that meant for them. So what for me, I when I say gratitude and thank you for when someone picks up that phone and calls and entrusts us with their um, these incredible stories of this incredible experience and turn to us, it's very meaningful because we know as our Hispanic Latinx it's very difficult for us to reach out to outside of our family and to reach out to people that don't know us and to, um, you know, open up. I mean, we may be very warm. We are very warm people, but we are very, um, very selective in how we open up and who we trust. And so that confianza is everything for us. So we just are uh, blown away every time about, uh, you know, how, uh, how that's so important. Uh, that that we are trusted in this way to to be there. It's very difficult uh, in 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 a healthcare system to find somebody that you can just really feel that you can turn to. So we we thank you. We thank the community. Thank you for giving us this opportunity. Sí, también quería mencionar que hay muchas personas nos llaman 
y nos preguntan, eh, ¿dónde pueden encontrar este programa de Comadre Comadre en otros estados? Porque necesitan este programa en otros estados y tristemente les decimos que pues que no, no tenemos esa información, no, no sabemos de un programa como este de Comadre Comadre. Y muchas mujeres viajan al Estado de Nuevo México para poder este, recibir este apoyo eh, donde encuentran esta ayuda y, y en, en los lugares donde ellas se encuentran no existe. Entonces es una bendición tener este programa aquí en el Estado de Nuevo México. Thank you. Of course, thank you both so much for sharing and also feeling comfortable enough to share your wisdom, your experiences, um, your knowledge. And I feel very privileged and honored to be speaking with you both. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart for uh, coming today and speaking with Generation Justice. Thank you. Equally, we are very honored and very touched. And you're wonderful. All of you are so amazing to, to, to be able to have been interviewed by you all. <laughs> thank <Great> you. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Elba Saavedra Ferrer and Patricia de Corona Ortega for sharing about your incredible work uh, with Comadre a Comadre and your mission and, of course, your principal components. Um, I think your work is so empowering, um, especially for Latina and Hispanic women and cancer survivors. And I appreciate all the... Uh, services and resources that you offer at your program to help better the community and to create uh, incredible and important relationships and kinship. So again, I feel so privileged that we are featuring you on Generation Justice. And again, I very much admire your work. Thank you so much. Dr. Saavedra Ferrer and Patricia de Corona Ortega, I'd like to thank you both for the work you've been doing to empower communities through providing resources to Hispanic Latino women and to our communities. Your work is extremely important and inspirational. Thank you so much, Dr. Saavedra Ferrer and Patricia de Corona Ortega for all you do for our communities to address health and illness on an equitable, holistic level. Your work inspires me and I truly appreciate all the strides the Comadre a Comadre program is taking. Here is Fuerza Quien Soy by Soraya, chosen by our guests, Dr. Saavedra Ferrer and Patricia de Corona Ortega. Llegó inesperado Rendirme y desaparecer Descubrí lo que define Now we're joined by Generation Justice's very own Madumita Santanam, bringing us a short segment about experience and history with Bharatnatyam. Here's Madumita Santanam with her short piece, Dance to Express. My name is Madumita Santanam. I'm 20 years old and I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I identify as a Thummer woman. It's finally happening. I'm officially graduating from dance school this September. Let me tell you a little bit about the dance form that I've been learning for the past 15 years. I started learning a style of dance called Bharatnatyam when I was five years old. Bharatnatyam is one of the many classical dance forms in India. 
It's an indigenous dance form that originated from the state of Tamil Nadu. The dance consists of three elements, nirtha, nritya, and nata. Nirtha is the technical element of the dance form where dancers display movements in different synchronized speeds and patterns. After nritha, there's nritya, which is the more emotional and spiritual element of the dance where the dancer uses their hand gestures and expressions to convey the meaning and the feeling of the dance. And then there's natya, which has to do with the dramatic storytelling and conveying of a story, where dancers will take on the roles of different characters to tell a story. Dancers learn the basics of the dance, which includes these elements, and at the end of the training, they put on a two-hour dance performance, also known as an arangetram, showcasing different pieces that they've learned over the years. The word arangetram can be defined as ascending the stage, which signifies the completion of the training. During an arangetram, the dance performance consists of live musicians and singers, as well as the teacher keeping track of the beats and conducting the dance. As I graduate soon, I want to look back at what Bharatnatyam has taught me. First, it has allowed me to improve my flexibility, especially when performing dance steps and poses. Being born premature brought up difficulties with my ability to coordinate and to be flexible. So mastering these skills have helped me a lot in being able to function every day. Dance has also allowed me to work on building my endurance, especially when I'm performing specific pieces that are long in duration. I've learned breathing skills and techniques that allow me to dance up to an hour without stopping. Along with these skills, I can proudly say that Bharatnatyam has also allowed me to connect to my Indian Tamil culture. As an Indian born and brought up in the United States, and specifically New Mexico, where the Indian population is significantly low, learning Bharatnatyam has allowed me to keep in touch with my roots. Through language, I've gotten to improve my knowledge on my mother tongue, Thummer, as well as the ancient language, Sanskrit, which is the language that most of the compositions are in. Music is a large part of this dance form. Most of the compositions are set to Carnatic music, which is one of the Indian classical styles of music. I've gained knowledge on how Carnatic music functions, what the meaning of the elements are, such as the ragam, which is the melody or mood of the song, or thalam, which measures the tempo of the song and how these elements contribute to Bharatnatyam overall. Even though I will be graduating from dance soon, Bharatnatyam will always be an integral part of my life. I sincerely want to thank my guru, Shalaka Mukhopadhyay, for sharing her knowledge on Bharatnatyam with me. It is something that I hope I can pass down to my kids so that it stays an important tradition for generations. It has taught me so much about myself on a personal level my identity as an Indian woman, and how to function as a healthy and happy person. Bharatnatyam has made me the person I am today, and in many ways has saved me and kept me alive. I selected this next song for you. Here is Nagumo by Hesham Abdul Wahab and Arvind Venugopal from the movie Hridayam. This is a Karnatic classical song originally composed by Tyagaraja in the beautiful and serene raga Abheri.
This is Ariana Cordova with Generation Justice. The COVID-19 public health emergency ended on Thursday, May 11th. But how does this change affect us and what will change? Well, we have put together a list of things that might change or have already changed. We are getting our information from Advisory Board, which was founded in 1979 with the goal of discovering the best practices in healthcare through rigorous proprietary research. Here's what you need to know. Tests, vaccines, and treatment cost sharing with private insurance will begin soon. Additionally, those without insurance, unfortunately, will have to pay out of pocket for tests and treatments. The end of the public health emergency will also affect COVID-19 data tracking. The CDC new infection tracking efforts will end and they will now resemble seasonal flu tracking efforts. Reports of hospitalizations will shift from being recorded daily to weekly. Data about cases and death are no longer going to be highlighted on the CDC data tracker, and test positivity data from CELR or COVID-19 electronic laboratory reporting will no longer be available. Also, insurance providers are no longer required to supply zero-cost at-home testing. However, COVID-19 treatment medications will remain at no cost, but only while supplies remain. In addition to all of that, some telehealth offers will be ending in either a few months or by next year. Like the waiver of the requirement that those prescribed controlled substances must attend in-person appointments, which makes it very difficult for those who cannot receive in-person care. Many of the policies enacted during the pandemic have already ended or are being phased out, but we want to remind you that we are still in a deadly and disabling pandemic and we must continue to protect ourselves and each other by wearing our masks, staying up to date with our vaccinations, washing our hands frequently, and continuing social distancing protocols. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get back to Emilio and Sanandita. Thank you, Adi, for the important information. Welcome to this week's community calendar. We'd like to bring your attention to some events happening in New Mexico so you can stay involved and civically engaged. The Indian Pueblo Cultural Center, in partnership with the Albuquerque Community Foundation and the City of Albuquerque Arts and Cultural Department, is having a Pueblo Matriarch public art installation opening. The art installation features the work of artist Upton Ethelblad Jr., known as Gray Shoes. This public art piece celebration will take place Wednesday, May 24th from 4 to 7 p.m. at the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center, located at 2401 12th Street Northwest. If you'd like to RSVP or learn more information about this event, you can visit indianpueblo.org event and search for Pueblo Matriarch. Again, if you'd like to learn more or RSVP for this event, you can go to indianpueblo.org event and search for Pueblo Matriarch. What else can we look forward to this week? Site Santa Fe is featuring a group exhibit, Going with the Flow, Art, Actions, and Western Waters until the 31st of July. This exhibition features artists from Southwestern United States and will highlight the role of water in our climates, communities, and cultures. Site Santa Fe is located at 1606 Paseo de Paralta, Santa Fe, and the exhibition is open between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. If you'd like to learn more information about this exhibition, you can call 505-989-1199 or email info at sitesantafe.org. Again, you can call 505-989-1199 or email info at sitesantafe.org for more information about this event. What else is going on? 
Be sure to check out the Diversity Job Fair happening May 26th. The City of Albuquerque is recruiting employers in trades, women-owned businesses, minority businesses, enterprises, and LGBTQ owned businesses. As well as institutions committed to diversity and equity in the workforce, and employers hiring youth ages 16 to 24. There will be food, daycare, and interpretation. This job fair will be from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the APS Bernafasio Professional Development Building on 3315 Louisiana Boulevard Northeast. Be sure to RSVP now at eventbrite.com and look up Albuquerque Diversity Job Fair. Again, that is eventbrite.com and look up Albuquerque Diversity Job Fair. For more information, you can contact Maria Brazil at mbrazil at cabq.gov or call 505-768-3491. Again, you can email mbrazil at cabq.gov or call 505-768-3491 for more information. On Saturday, May 27th, you can celebrate the seasonal cycles through prayer, song, and dance with the Zuni Gayestewa Dance Group. This event is located at the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center at 2401 12th Street Northwest from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Make sure to RSVP at indianpueblo.org slash events and search up Gayestewa Dance Group. For more information, you can call 505-843-7270. Again, that's 505-843-7270 for more information. That's all for this week's Community Calendar. We hope you've enjoyed this hour of information, empowerment, and community health. We'd like to thank our guests, Dr. Elba Saavedra Ferrer and Patricia de Corona Ortega for joining us and sharing all their wisdom. As well as a thank you to Madamita Santanam for conducting tonight's interview and for sharing her experiences. This hour of radio was produced by Roberta Rayel and Barbara Ramirez with production assistance from Sunandita Santanam. We want to give a big shout out to all of our youth producers. We could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We're also active on social media, so find us on Facebook and Instagram, and follow our playlists on Spotify. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from the NEE Casey Foundation, Guadalama Health Foundation, the New Mexico Department of Health Infectious Disease Bureau through the Better Together program, and the Office of School and Adolescent Health. As well as the City of Albuquerque, Race Forward, Media Justice, and of course all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. I'm Emilio Wale. And I'm Sunandita Santanam. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Good night, New Mexico.